Welcome to the Crime Scene Time Machine. I'm your host, Scott Roeder. And I'm Megan Freight. And we're coming to you live from tropical Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, This might not be the longest podcast today, but we just wanted to kind of touch bases and and kind of review the last couple of weeks in Crime Scene Time Machine land and all the kind of weird stuff that's been going on um, with regard to this uh, Las Vegas alien encounter video. Now, Megan, all right, so I'm obviously Fox Mulder, and you're obviously Agent Scully in this relationship. I mean, you've got the hair, Mm -hmm. you know. um, I'm a little bit bit crazy, you know. I try to rope you back in. Yeah, that's right, yeah. (laughs) You're a little bit country, I'm a little bit rock and roll. Right. Is that kind of what it is? Yeah, I'd say. Yeah, so, now you're kind, you know, when I first brought the UFO the alien encounter in Las Vegas to the evidence room. What was the overall reaction by all of the employees of the evidence room? We were like, oh gosh, what's this one about? (laughs) But I think that it was a super exciting find and diving deep into it and trying to find other footage from it was the most exciting part about it. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't know what we were going to find, you know, going into it because, um, you know, listen, there's all kinds of BS on the internet, especially on TikTok. Although, you know, I love TikTok. It's fun. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I kind of en- enjoy that. But but it's fun, right? And But it, it brought this case to me as like, well, this is really interesting. Right. And then um, the extraterrestrial reality show, uh, James Quirk, he had me on because I kind of, you know, went into it a little bit deeper. And, and, and so I showed you just now. Live and in person, the um, the footage from the Las Vegas alien backyard encounter, allegedly, right? Mm-hmm. Now, those men, those three men, and we'll play it right here. I'm going to turn the volume down so it's not too crazy. But uh, they walk through the gate. Explain to me um, what you see is going on there with their body motion. So you definitely see that they get spooked by something. They're wanting to go into the backyard and figure out what is back there that's, you know, drawing the attention. And it's three grown men that are trying to go into the backyard to see. What are these lights, though? Right. These two circles right there? Right. Like, that's what got me connected. So they're not in. So they're getting ready to walk in. They all have guns. Yeah. All three of these men have guns. So they know something's out there. And then they get spooked and all retreat. So let me ask you this. What would make three men with guns run backwards, retreat, go into the house and say the rosary? Something they have never <laughs> seen before that they're like, this is a not earthly creature. Right. I mean, if it was a man in the backyard with a gun, they would have defended themselves. They would have shot the guy. Mm-hmm. What if it was a guy in a Halloween mask? Okay, that. I mean, but still, it would look like a mask, right. a human being in a mask. And you wouldn't have, like, that scared-to-your-underpants no. reaction. Like, it's looked like they saw the devil or God or something that gave them shock. Right. It's like those right? people who are do, like, the ghost hunters, and then yeah. they, like, get touched, and they freak out and run, uh, run away because they're, run away. they, like, see it, but they can't, yeah, they, I mean... They clearly saw something with their own eyes that made them so spooked that they retreated away from it, even though they had firearms to defend themselves. They all have firearms, so. 
and they live in the desert in Vegas. They're used to seeing weird shit. Right. You know, whenever I go to the uh, Palm Springs or Las Vegas or, you know, the desert out in California, um, you always see what me and my girlfriend called weird desert shit. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's something by the side of the road or a weird light or, you know, this right. weird eerie feeling. They clearly got that weird eerie feeling and they saw something. Mm-hmm. And then for them to shut the gate behind them so it doesn't follow them out. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. And now the thing that happened right before this, which is another part of this controversy, is there was apparently a meteor, mm-hmm. a shooting star, that was captured uh, coming into the environment. And they heard a crash somewhere near their backyard. Now, a good friend of mine, Ross Colhart, who's an investigative journalist, indicates that there was a mistake in one of the kids' recollections. You know, he said there was this imprint on the ground, mm-hmm. but then satellite photos, the imprint was there previously. And, and, you know, yeah, maybe that's true, but I don't think that that's enough to... What the heck? Is this still recording? Oh, yeah, okay. It paused. I'm like, oh, no, I thought we were... I thought our recording stopped. But anyway, Ross is a great guy, but, but he th- uses that as like a... Um, a way to kind of dismiss the whole claim. Uh, I don't know if that's fair um, because that's not directly resulted to what I'm reviewing on this video. Um, And, you know, listen, I'm not a meteorologist. You know, I can't tell you if that was a meteor, but I have seen shooting stars before and shooting stars aren't that slow. No. Have you seen the shooting star footage? I have actually just saw something on TikTok from, I think it was in Texas and it looked like a meteor falling from the sky. Yeah. And then it, it almost just keeps falling, falling, falling. Here, check this out. It was like a, it was like a big creature. A big creature? Yeah, like a long, top. So this is the video that we analyze. Oh, this is the first. This is the original footage. Okay. Um, the truck, the RV. We're trying to ID. I should put this video out. I don't think I've put this video out yet. It does have low pixelization. I mean, it's the cell phone footage. But it's not, but this part of the video, it's not focused in on the right spot. And this is later. So we can, we can show that footage to everybody. Um, but the thing that, well, this is one thing. Like, what is that back there? Like, it's so bizarre. That's what I've seen people look at. Yeah, there's so many bizarre things in this video. We've tried a bunch of techniques. Okay. So, yeah, it looks like there's something back there, too. Like, it's just the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, you know, listen, I'm not here to say that, um, this is an alien. I don't know if it's an alien, but what I can tell you is that these people think it's an alien for sure. 100% angel and his family are not hoaxing anybody. Now listen to this guys. So that's why I'm kind of curious. Let's let's put that back just a little bit. This is when the cops get to interview angel. 
I'm not gonna BS you guys. One of my partners said they saw some fall in the sky too, so that's why I'm kind of curious. Did you see anything land in your backyard? Or they see like a big double. They see they see like a big uh, like a big cloud. And there it is. Like, is that a, that's real time. Now, this is three, like, slow motion. And we'll put that video up there on uh, the YouTube channel and um, all that. But does that look like a shooting star to you? I mean, you're not a meteorologist, Megan, but have you ever seen a shooting star? Yeah, I have. And that, no, it doesn't look like one. That's slow. Yeah. And it's huge. And it's really, really bright, really close. And green. Yeah. A shooting star is little, and it you see it for. I mean, if it's blink of an eye, yeah, half a second, yeah, quarter second. By the time you by the time you tell somebody to look at it, it's probably already gone. Absolutely, yeah. And the thing about shooting stars is, um, you know, they happen all the time, uh, but they're tiny. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, yeah, some come closer to you, but literally fraction of a second, it's there and it's gone. Yeah, it's literally specs. Yeah, this thing's on the screen for three full seconds catching it in between the trees from an officer, police officer camera. Right. Um, I think that if it was a shooting star that you wouldn't have been able to see that faint of a light on a body cam footage. Right. Right, yeah. Especially with how bright the neighborhood was as well that he was standing in because the light pollution has an impact on that. Right, exactly. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah, so in the bigger the city, Mm -hmm. the more light pollution you have, the less you're going to be able to see the shooting star. Right. Because of the light pollution. And they're in a very populated town in Las Vegas, right. so which is the city of lights, right. baby. <laughs> and you can see this giant green thing slowly falling from the sky, almost like it was trying to resist gravity in some way. You know, yeah, uh, not seriously. like going 20,000 miles an hour. But it did look like it had a little slowdown period. Yeah, it looked like it slowed down a little bit as it was tracking. Maybe that's what we do next on the analysis is we try to track the speed and see if it slowed down before impact because then that would identify that maybe it was under some kind of control right. rather than a free-falling rock from the interstellar space. Right, because a free-falling rock can't slow down gravity. Like, it's going to just keep barreling towards the Earth. Right, yeah, exactly. So, anyway, that's the UFO stuff, guys. You know, I think I'm going to do one more little show on uh, Jim Quirk's um, extraterrestrial reality today just to kind of wrap it up and talk about what we talked about here today. But, okay, Megan, all right, so you're Agent Scully. I'm Fox Mulder. Um, and if I had to put a gun to your head right now and say, was there something weird potentially aliens or not, real or fake, hoax or real event, Las Vegas, what do you say? I say, yeah, that there was definitely something there. Do you think Angel and his family are, are BSing everybody? No. Why would you call the police if, if it wasn't something that you were petrified of? Right. And that wasn't human. Like, that's, and the, first <laughs> that's thing, the main point. And the first thing you do is you pray the rosary. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not, yeah. I, yeah, that's something that's definitely going on out there that yeah. we would love to see more of the body cam footage from the police officers because I know that there was a part of it that got cut out. Yeah. So now, seeing that would be... Now, one of the uh, the biggest points that um, Michael Shermer, this mm-hmm. professional critic guy, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to keep saying his name because he's not worth it, but he was on Joe Rogan, so, 
you know, maybe I should poke him a little bit. I could get some more views or whatever. But, um, you know, he had uh, one of his things is like uh, people are under ontology. People are under mass hysteria and uh, they're under they can't believe that they're not alone. So they just manufacture these feelings. Now, you're a, you were born Catholic. Went to right? Were you Catholic? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was Catholic. I went to Catholic school, you know, all that. Uh, you know the rosary, you know the Hail Marys, right? Mm-hmm. Me too. So we're a couple of former Catholic school kids. Uh, you know, one of the things that uh, a lot of people, by the way, are Catholic or former Catholic or Christians, you know, a lot of people out there, probably more than half of the whole world, even, right. you think. Certainly most people in the United States. Although, you know, religion is kind of going down, down, which I agree, religion sucks. But it doesn't mean that you can't believe in God. Anyway, one of Michael Shermer's things that he really, um, he gives like this big lecture on the internet about um, uh, why there is no God and if you believe in God, you're an idiot. Like that's him. Like that's where he comes at everything. Is like if you have any kind of faith or spirituality or uh, one, you're an idiot. That's according to Michael Shermer. He has no respect for people who have any kind of faith. And then two, uh, you know, if you think the government could do anything bad, like kill John F. Kennedy, right? Or you're do a con- any you're, of the other things that they have done. You're a truther. Well, I'd rather be a truther than not know what is going on. I'd rather be a truther than a denier. Yeah. I'd rather know what's happening. Yeah. And then just instead of being blind to the fact of what's going on in the country. But then, you know what, but here's the thing. When he calls somebody a truther, he's trying to equate them with like QAnon and like January 6th. No. Let me tell you out there right there, Donald Trump, not a fan. No. Not a fan of that guy. QAnon, don't give a fuck. No. Uh, truth is about truth. It's not a religion. It's not a faith. It's about looking at the physical and forensic evidence and looking at the totality of the evidence and, and coming up with a reasonable um, uh, uh, scientific foundation of, um, you know, what it, Megan, you went, to, you went to college, right? Yep. Well, what did you study in college? Criminal justice with a specialization in forensic investigation. And you also uh, in did my master's. master's degree mm-hmm. as well. Uh, so you know, would you say that that kind of gives you a a process or a methodology on how to think about things? I would definitely say it helps to want to know more information and want to know the evidence and why something happened and what led up to it and get to the nitty-gritty truth that sometimes people don't want to examine because it's a lot to handle. It's a lot to digest, but to be able to know what's going on, you have to take all of that into account and you know, listen to it and see the court documents that were released and the the um, documents, official documents that are given out and people's statements. It's it's a whole bunch of just putting it all together and figuring out what what is actually the truth. Right. Now, what if the truth leads you to an uncomfortable realization? I mean, that's life. Sometimes that happens. Right. That's life, folks. Sometimes that happens. You can't say anything more honest than that. And that's what truth is. It's about, regardless of the outcome, finding the truth, no matter how uncomfortable it is, because the truth will set you free. Mm -hmm. You hear that, Mike? 
The truth will set you free, brother. But hey, listen, I can't blame him. He's got a brand, you know. His brand is a be a professional party pooper, you know. Hey, those people look like they're having fun. Let's go be a big idiot and like, you know. Or or maybe what he is is like people that are scared of the truth can look to him like mashed potatoes and gravy to comfort him that everything's fine. Don't worry about anything. Right, like the world's a peaceful, perfect, little, peachy place that nothing right. ever goes wrong. Yeah, don't be scared. But the government lies to us, so. Yeah, I mean, they don't mm. lie to us. I mean, come on. I Edward mean, Snowden, he's a traitor. Yeah, all that he's a traitor. TikTok audio that's like, yeah. the government won't lie to you. Yeah. Yeah, the government is your friend. Yeah. They are here to protect you. Now, listen, I know people in the government. You know, uh, I, I got to meet uh, Dennis Kucinich. Um, he ran for president of the United States. He was the mayor of Cleveland, Ohio. They call him the boy mayor. Uh, great guy, Cleveland guy, uh, just like me. You know, he's, uh, you know, from the Hungarian, uh, German background, Kucinich. Uh, good family, uh, member of the community. Uh, everybody loves Dennis Kucinich. Um, but, you know, he ran for president against um, he was one of the Democratic candidates in the field, I guess, the time before, like with Biden and um, Hillary Clinton and um, Pete Buttigieg and, and all those guys. And he was one of the one of the guys that got kicked out, like in the first round of, uh, you know, political jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason for that is because he said he's a firm believer in UFOs and that he's seen UFOs. And that he wanted to release all the information on UFOs. But look at what's going on. And he got ripped apart because of that. And look at what's going on in the headlines today in the world. Our government has recognized and acknowledged the Pentagon, the Senate. I mean, they've got subcommittees. We've got whistleblowers. We've got alien uh, uh, you know, things happening uh, allegedly uh, throughout the country and the world on a regular basis. And yet we're at a state of war. You know, we're blowing up pipelines. We got Chinese balloons that we're chasing that are stupid and don't mean anything to avert our attention. Or, you know, some people believe, Megan, that the UFO phenomenon is just meant to distract us from the nefarious deeds of the government. What do you think about that? Yeah, I've definitely heard that one. Like, put the focus on something else so you can do something else behind his back. Yeah, what does a good magician do, right? Yeah. He shows you a little bit of fire in his right hand so he can pull the rabbit out of a bag behind his back on the left. Yep. And then you think, oh, my God, there's a rabbit, right? Um, it's a complicated subject, and we're going to touch on it from time to time. You know, I was uh, a little bit put off by this whole situation because, um, I don't know, I'm not on Twitter or whatever. I don't care about that stuff. I'm not a big social media guy. But this guy, you know, this debunker guy uh, was like, oh, trying to bash me on Twitter. So I made a whole podcast about him. You know, what is a professional skeptic? And uh, I hope I don't think he even listened to it, though. He's probably so narcissistic that he wouldn't even listen to it um, because it's really not about him. It's really about why people who think Lee Harvey Oswald was a lone gunman are either intellectually dishonest or they're kind of BSing, you know, they're liars, uh, or they're being paid by something. Um, and then it's funny, I, I reached out to him via email and I was like, uh, uh, I was like, so how long have you worked for the, F- for the CIA, Mike? 
<laughs> and you know what his response was? He's like, I've been working for the CIA since 2001 when uh, the Bush administ- administration hired me to cover up the 9-11 attack. And I've been working for them ever since. Oh. That was his response. To cover it up? Yeah. And there wasn't like a ha-ha or just kidding at the end of it. Um, I'm assuming he was kidding. But um, could that be a written admission? Yeah. You could take that as that. Definitely. Yeah. Because think about that. Like, like, is he projecting much? Like, what's up with that? Like, why would you respond with that? You think that's his way of being clever or with people that are involved in certain things, they have to tell the truth. Like, that's kind of the rule. Like, mm-hmm. so you have to tell the truth in like a weird way. Like, you know, so people you think. Yeah. Like, is that like a real admission by him? I mean, it definitely could be. I mean, people use less to take to court with other things. So right. it's like if it's in an email. I have I it mean, in writing. In writing, then definitely. I mean, so much is coming up about, you know, Hillary's email, Hunter Biden's email, all these different types of emails that are being associated with different people for what they have said and coming actually to come back and bite them in the butt for whatever it may be. So I think that it could definitely be something that could be used against him, unfortunately. Yeah, so here, let me read you. uh, So uh, he sent um, me this article on Reuters. And the Reuters article is conflating something that's clearly um, garbage with the real event. And I I replied back to him. I was like, that video has absolutely nothing to do with the actual situation. Again, conflating fake with real to confuse and frustrate people to give up. Typical horse manure. And then, uh, and then I replied back to him. I was like, uh, so you know, how long have you worked for uh, the FBI? <laughs> and, uh, and that's when uh, he said, here, I'll read it back to you. Oh, I can't find it right now. Uh, Anyway, so uh, that's what he said, um, uh, that he's been working since 2001 uh, for uh, the, you know, the Bush administration. So anyway, whatever. He's, I'm not going to sweat him, you know. He's out of his league when it comes to the JFK assassination. Now, he did write an entire chapter about JFK, one chapter in his book. Mm. Like, that's pretty extensive. But it was really just a copy and paste of some garbage from the Warren Commission. Oh. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. Maybe we should do a poll out there on this podcast. Who believes the Warren Commission was thorough in their investigation of the assassination of John F. Kennedy? Did you know that um, Alan Dulles, the guy that Kennedy fired as CIA director was on the Warren Commission investigating who killed JFK. No, I didn't. Yeah. So Alan Dulles was the, the, the CIA director at the time, uh, J- uh, right after the, or during the Bay of Pigs, mm-hmm. uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis, where the world almost ended. Right. So Alan Dulles got fired. By the way, he still has an airport named after him in Washington, D.C. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, which is a travesty. you got to change that. Um, that should be um, a, a Bobby Kennedy airport. Literally uh, anything. Yeah, else. Martin Luther King airport. Yeah, anything anything <laughs> but Alan Dulles. Come on, Alan Dulles. Um, you know, but um, 
Yeah, so he got fired for the Bay of Pigs disaster. And then Kennedy gets killed. And then he gets put on the Warren Commission? Yeah, something's not right about that. That's weird, isn't it? fishy. Yeah, but Michael Schirmer said that they put together a blue ribbon panel. Oh, okay. Like blue ribbon. You know, you always put blue ribbons on, like Class A pigs and, yeah. and cows at like the farmer's market. Like a 4A. Yeah, it's Blue like the, ribbon. the best one. Yeah, blue ribbon. Yeah, so like here's the thing about the alien thing. Whether they're real or not, I don't know. But who's got the most to lose if there's superior non-human intelligence? I would argue, Megan, that doctors, mm-hmm. lawyers, and scientists have the most to lose. Because if there's superior non-human intelligence, doctors, lawyers, and scientists, law, Medicine, drugs, and politics, government, mm-hmm. uh, don't mean anything anymore. And those people aren't special anymore. And they're just blue ribbon cows where the rest of us are just regular cows. Right. You know, so I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely does make sense to me. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that's uh, probably going to do it for today in Crime Scene Time Machine. Uh, we're going to have, uh, we're going to be back. Probably in a couple of weeks, I'm going to take some time off. This is my mid-year siesta uh, where I'm going to put down the UFOs, going to put down the murder, going to put down all of it just for one week and go recharge those batteries and uh, fill up my love bucket and uh, do all those fun things that you you work so hard to try to do once in a while. Right. And uh, in the meantime, uh, I've been Scott Roeder. And I'm Megan. And I love you, planet Earth. See you next time.